Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Burgess Hill. This message is by Kevin Vanderput. Thanks, Matt. Uh, you can all have a seat. Before you sit down, just high-five the person next to you and say, you look cool today. All right, so um, who can tell me what we talked about last week. Um, what was Pastor Clive? We had Pastor Clive on video last week. Um, what he kicked us off, I think we say that, on a new series. Uh, what's the title of the new series? Detox. It's not that, but it could be that. What's the title of our new series? Simply Jesus. Yes, there you go. Right, so we are in a new series that we are calling Simply Jesus. There you go, look at that, Simply Jesus. Um, And uh, it's a great new series. Um, Pastor Clive opened it up last week in all the congregations. uh, And he simply shared, uh, we're simply going to look at the life of Jesus. Uh, We should shape our lives after who Jesus is anyway. But not only look at what Jesus said and his teaching, but look at the way he lived his life and what he did and why he did what he did. Um, And so it is all based off the Gospel of Mark. So we're going to walk through the Gospel of Mark. And uh, and today we're going to be in chapter one and a very specific verse. But before we get there, uh, I'd like to tell you a little story. Um, I've had a few jobs in my lifetime. Uh, Does that make make it sound like I'm 70 and about to retire? I've had a few jobs in my lifetime. Um, Anyways, I've had a few jobs in my lifetime. And uh, I I used to work as a student next to like school and stuff. Um, I was a delivery guy at a sushi restaurant. Um, I didn't know uh, sushi restaurants did deliveries until then. But um, that's what I was doing. Um, and uh, that job, I used to live back in Belgium. So I lived in Brussels, the capital of Belgium. Um, Brussels isn't as big as London, but it's still bigger than like Horsham or Burgess Hill. And so I lived to use, uh, I used to live on one side of Brussels and my job was on the total opposite side of Brussels. Yeah. And uh, which meant that I took the job there. I got the job. I was really happy. I was working there weekends, but I had no clue of anything about that side of Brussels. Now, if you've done anything with deliveries, well, that's not a really good idea because when it came to delivering the sushis, I had no clue where I was going. Um, And so, uh, yeah, not ideal. It's a bit like uh, we moved here a couple years ago, four years ago, five years ago. I'm getting old. Um, And... uh, and we moved to the Bible College in Horsham and we had no clue where anything was. We had to discover everything. And so someone said at one point, oh, do you know that place on Brighton Road? And my instant reaction in my brain was like, I've never been to Brighton. Turns out Brighton's a road in Horsham. So you get, you know, you learn a few things along the way. But there was a point where the only things I knew about Horsham was how to get to Tesco Extra and how to get to Swan Walk to park the car and go to the town centre. That's all I knew. And now we've moved to Burgess Hill and I have to relearn everything yet again. So I know the important things. I know how to get to Tesco, how to come here and how to get to McDonald's. You need to learn the important things. Um, back to my story, uh, when I was a delivery guy at the sushi restaurant, I had no clue where I was uh, making those deliveries. And so after a few failed deliveries, where I t- it took me an hour to get the sushi to the people, uh, sushi is not a hot meal, so that's okay. 
okay. They weren't getting called. They called anyway. But uh, still, my manager, my boss wasn't happy with me. Uh, and so I thought, okay, I got I to gotta learn another way to do this. And my lazy self, instead of learning the map, taking a map and just memorizing everything, I thought, I have a phone. And back then, there wasn't Google Maps yet. Uh, but there was a TomTom app uh, that you could get on your iPhone. So I thought, oh, I'm going to get the TomTom app on my iPhone. And I had this great idea that I'm going to plug my headphones, keep one headphone, put my helmet on. And that way the lady would say, turn to your next left or turn the third, whatever, you know how GPS works. And uh, that way I would deliver uh, efficiently my sushis. Um, turns out that plan didn't work either or not as well as I thought because sometimes, you know, you're just on a delivery. Imagine me with my helmet on that little scooter at 30 miles per hour. And, uh, and suddenly I would pass a turn and then five meters down the road, the lady would go, turn left now and I would be like oh there's no road and I would have to turn back around anyways I got fired long story short I got fired I just lost the job they weren't happy with me they were like you useless I'm like pretty much yes um so you live and you learn right you live and you learn but the truth that I'm trying to highlight to you here is that usually especially in our society today, we don't like to be given instructions to follow, right? I feel like maybe especially men, right? Have you ever bought anything at Ikea? Yeah, anyone? Yeah, okay. Right, who gets the package from Ikea? And uh, maybe it's just me, but we're going to figure it out. You open that package, you see all the pieces and you're like, I can do this. Yeah, yeah, I don't need to open the manual, right? I can, I can build this. There's like a few screws, there's a few bits to put together. And then eventually you go back because you're like, well, at least me, I'm just, I can't figure it out. So I have to go back to the manual. But we don't like to especially be uh, being given instructions to follow. We like to drive, move things forwards, where know where we're going. We don't like being led so much having to rely on something like my TomTom app that wasn't so useful. But what if I can tell you and suggest to you today that actually being led is the better way to live? And if I can tell you that there's a better guidance system than TomTom or Google Maps or any maps at all, uh, do you remember those days where uh, there was maps before there was GPS? I used to go on holiday with my grandparents and my grandma would take this map. Whoever made maps so big, I have no clue, but you know, you would open it and it would take the whole space of the car. The whole dashboard would be a gigantic map and my grandpa would be there trying to drive. Oh, we drive on the left side. We trying to drive and, and my grandma would be there and we would get lost and anyways. But what if I can tell you that is a more reliable guidance system than any of that? And the truth is there is one that is extremely reliable, one that one man named Jesus relied upon his whole ministry. And as followers of Jesus, we aim to live our life based on his. We aim to shape our life after his, to be led and not driven. And Jesus was led. He was led by the Holy Spirit. And our verse today that we are looking at is found in Mark chapter 1 verse 12. And um, it says simply, at once the Spirit sent him, talking about Jesus, into the wilderness. All right, now to give a bit of context around that, um, Jesus just met John the Baptist. He got baptized by John the Baptist. By the way, if you haven't been baptized, 
That is something we do as Christians. We, uh, we, we dunk you in the water. We uh, say bye to the old life. And as you come out of the water, we say hello to the new life. And the old has gone and the new has come. It's just this great celebration of what Jesus has done in our lives. And so Jesus himself got baptized. And as he came out of the water, the Holy Spirit, well, the Father from heaven speaks and said, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. And as he says that, then the Holy Spirit comes down on him like a dove. And so he's baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you like. And then right after that comes this sentence. At once, the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness. So that's a bit of context. And right now, I want you to forget about the wilderness part, right? We're just going to focus on this first bit of the verse that says, at once, the Spirit sent him out. See, because this is the proof that says Jesus didn't live a life where he was in charge and he led his own way. He lived a life where he was led, led by the Holy Spirit. Just like I was saying, well, maybe I should have prayed every time, Holy Spirit, am I turning left or right when I was making my deliveries? Maybe that would have been the the way to go. But through his life on earth, through his ministry, Jesus was being led, led by God's Spirit. And so as disciples of Jesus, we want to reproduce that in our life. We want to live a life led by the Spirit. See, Jesus came to his disciples and he says, he said, come and follow me. I'll show you the way. I'll show you how to live. I'll show you what to do. He came to assist them along the way. And then Jesus left, but he didn't leave us alone. He has left us with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is described as the helper, the one that comes alongside us, the one that comes to assist us, and the one that says, hey, I know the way, just come and follow me. In John 14, verse 12, it says this, very truly I tell you. Now, how many of you know that everything Jesus said was true, right? Because he is the truth. So why would he say very truly I tell you? Well, he knows, he's like, fellas, I know what I'm about to tell you is going to be hard to believe, right? But it is the truth. That's essentially what he's saying. He knows what he's about to say is going to mess with the disciples' mind, right? But he says, very, very truly I tell you, I know that I know that this is the truth. So very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me, talking about believing in Jesus, in him, will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Now let's stop right there because it's a very popular verse, right? If you've been in church for a while, you have heard that verse and you're like, yeah, we can ask Jesus for anything. This is great. And with faith and in his name, it will happen. But imagine, put yourself in the disciples' feet at that point, when they heard that for the very first time. Because they've been following Jesus for three years, right? And now Jesus is telling them, I'm leaving, and you're still going to do greater things than everything I've been doing for the past three years. That was mind-blowing to the, to the disciples. They were like, well, how is this going to work? And not only that, but you have to remember that in those times, it was uh, a, a custom for people to shape their lives after a rabbi, right? Jesus wasn't the only rabbi in town. He was the best one, but he wasn't the only one there. Contrary to our 
culture today where we're like, oh, you can't tell me nothing. I do whatever I want. I make my own way through life. Uh, back then, they were willing to come under the teaching of someone and shape their lives after them. So suddenly, their rabbi, their teacher, who, whom they've shaped their lives after for the last three years, is saying, I'm gone. But you're still going to do greater works than me. So it was completely mind-blowing. But then Jesus continues as they're asking themselves, oh, why is this going to work, Jesus, all of that? He says, verse 15, if you love me, keep my commands. They're like, yeah, we know that, we're good. Verse 16, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another adv- advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you the things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I live with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So Jesus is saying to them, guys, don't worry. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't fear. I'm sending you some help. The same help I received from the Father when I got baptized and the Holy Spirit came down like a dove. I'm sending you that. And the Holy Spirit will then lead you through life. I'm sending him to you. And today God is giving us the same opportunity to live day by day, being led by the Spirit, relying on his Spirit to move forward. Have you ever faced, faced any like, tough decision in life or, or felt like you, you know, we don't know the future. Anyone can tell the future here? Nope. Okay, cool. Me neither. Uh, otherwise, you'd be a superhero. But um, there's glimpses we get into the future through prophetic words God tells us. But we, we generally cannot tell the whole future. So it's a bit like we're flying blind through life, right? See, if I was to, um, if I was to put a bit of a, um, Matt, do you want to come here? Sharon, do you want to blindfold Matt for a second? Uh, do you want to blindfold him over there, just like in the corner there? So would you agree with me that if uh, we cannot tell the future, we're flying a bit blind through life. We, we're walking through this life and we don't know exactly what's going to happen. We don't know exactly how things are going to work out. We don't know what tomorrow holds. And so... I don't know about you, but I've come to a situation where I've kind of hit a brick wall in my life. Or I was like, well, I thought this was going to work. Pff, oh, it didn't work. What, what happened there? You know, so you, you kind of, well, you live and learn in some situations. But what if you could rely on another system? See, if I ask Matt right now, um, <laughs> I've brought some props. Uh, it's the great thing about uh, renting a school building, right? Because... Uh, Matt, you can't see anything, right? Great, this is going to be fun. Um, and so if you, if I ask Matt to simply say, obviously, Matt, he doesn't know what tomorrow holds. He doesn't know what's going to happen. He doesn't know what the days are going to look like. And sometimes life is throwing surprises at us, things that are unexpected or things that we don't know what to do with. So Matt, just move forward. Yeah, just start walking. There's nothing in your way. Don't worry. Just like walk. I thought you would walk more confidently. Just walk over that. Can you walk over that? See what happens? Okay, just keep walking. 
keep walking, just push it away. See, if it was a brick wall, yeah, he wouldn't be able to walk through any of that, just walk confidently. Oh, no. <laughs> See, this would happen, right? This would happen. Now, let's start again. Come back with me. I'm going to lead you, um, right? But actually, if through those situations... There is a helper that God has sent us and be like, look, you don't know what life is going to be like, but you don't have to hit all those brick walls. You don't have to be surprised and let, let life worry you all the time. Because actually, if you rely on my spirit, I can guide you through life. I can whisper things in your, he- in your ear as you asking me stuff in prayer. I can show you what to do with those situations and navigate those things. Now notice one thing. He made it through because if he was praying and say, hey God, what do you want me to do in this situation? Hey God, I just don't know what. The Holy Spirit then prompts him to go left, right, to do this or that. But notice one thing. Thank you, Matt. That was very helpful. You can see again. Look, you went through all of that. Congratulations. Um, but see, none of this kind of vanished, right? It, the, the obstacles were still there. God doesn't promise us a life where once we give our life to him and we have the Holy Spirit and we're equipped, there's just never going to be anything on our path. It's going to be a straight path to heaven. No, the obstacles were still there. He still had to maybe face a storm or two. But because he has the Holy Spirit then and he's relying and being led by the Spirit, it's like, well, God, what do you want me to do in this situation? Well, act like this or pray into that or release this in this situation, you know, and suddenly you're not hitting every wall because the Holy Spirit gives us wisdom to act in every situation. See, it changes everything. And so, it's fine, they're not broken. Um, and so it's, it's actually the way God wants us to live. If Jesus needed the Holy Spirit to guide him through everything, how much more do we need the Holy Spirit and do we need to be led through life? There's going to be situations like real life stuff that Matt's going to go through that he won't have seen coming. Like conflict or, or job things or family things or all of that. But actually God is saying, hey, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit so that you can have a helper through all of it. You can have wisdom. He's going to empower you to get through those things the right way. God's will is not for us to stumble through life every time we're going to face a situation. So we still can't tell the future, or not fully, but we have the Holy Spirit, our helper, our advocate. And actually, the, the definition of the word advocate is a person who publicly recommends a particular course of action cause or policy. So the Holy Spirit is publicly then letting us know, hey, this is the way you should go. Hey, pray into this right now. Hey, this is not from me. Stand against it. We get that wisdom and empowerment from the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit wants to be active in our lives. He wants to guide us, reveal things to us. He wants us to walk on that path that God has for us. There's a verse that says that your word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light on my path. It's found in Psalms. See, the Holy Spirit guides us. But if we get ahead of the lamps, if we get ahead of the Holy Spirit, we fly in dark. We don't know what's going to happen. The lights are just there and we're trying to know, oh, I know my way. Chances are we're going to end up in a wall. But we're being led step by step. God is showing us where to go through his Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is a person. It's part of the Trinity. God is three in one. So there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they're all expressing different facets of who God is. 
And so the Holy Spirit is a person, which means we can build a relationship with the Holy Spirit. We learn how to interact with the Holy Spirit. We learn that there is a relationship to have to listen, to wait upon. The more that relationship with the Holy Spirit grows, the more we're confident in hearing the voice of God, the more we're confident in stepping out. See, it says actually in Acts 15, 28, it's very clearly written that the Holy Spirit spoke to the apostles, to the disciples. In Acts 15, 28, it says, so it's the apostles speaking into the new church, and it says, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything beyond these following requirements. And then they walk them through the requirements. So obviously, obviously they've been consulting. They've been listening, praying. And as they were praying, they felt like the Holy Spirit was prompting them not to burden them with any more things. Right? So they, there's this collaboration constantly between the Holy Spirit and the apostles. The disciples. Look at, remember Peter. Peter is the guy that in Acts 2, after being baptized with the Holy Spirit, you know, tongues of fire and all of that, he goes and preaches boldly and 3,000 people get added to the church that day. But P- Peter is also the guy that 50 days beforehand was denying Jesus. Denying to be, what's the difference between that Peter that was denying Jesus, that was a bit of a coward, not coward, coward, coward not being able to say hey I'm a follower of Jesus and in the Peter 50 days later that's preaching Jesus is the way the truth and the life and 3,000 come added to the the Holy Spirit baptism of the Holy Spirit there's that power that comes it's what enables us to live the life that God has in store for us and so we come back to this verse very truly I tell you Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. And suddenly, knowing what we know now, knowing about the Holy Spirit, the disciples back then said, okay, we get it. We can see it happen. It is possible. Now, have you ever noticed how everything around us is always so loud? We live in a society and in a, 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 a day and age where everything, there's so many voices, everything's always loud, there's always some music on, there's always people talking to us, there's the TV, there's Facebook, Instagram, there's Twitter, there's LinkedIn, there's whatever else, TikTok, whatever kids are in these days. Um, And it's like so many things are going on constantly. There's so much noise going around us. And it can be hard to discern the voice of the Spirit, the voice of the things that matter. In fact, we're so used to things being loud. You know, when when people get angry, they usually get loud. When when babies are trying to communicate, they cry really loudly. And you're like, oh, what am I doing with this? I'm not a dad, but that's what I'm guessing happens. Um... But see, the Holy Spirit is different. When you don't feed the Spirit, or your stomach, right? When you're hungry, your stomach kind of growls and go makes, makes noises. And that's usually Sharon's clue to like, oh, I need to feed Kevin. Uh, <laughs> but when the Spirit is, when, you, when you're not feeding the Spirit, you, you don't feed your stomach, it goes loud. You don't feed the Spirit, it goes quiet. And suddenly you're like, ah, oh, what's happening? 
what's happening. And there's a verse that says, man shall not live on bread alone. We're not only meant to live on physical food, but we have to feed our spirit. Our spirits are going quiet. And so how do we feed our spirit? How do we make sure our spirit doesn't go quiet? Because if we need, if we're going to encounter all those things in life, if we're going to live a life being led, we need to make sure that the GPS is always on, that the Holy Spirit is always loud and clear there. So how do we feed the Holy Spirit per se? How do we feed that voice? When there's a, um, a passage in Luke 11 that sums it up. It says from verse 5, Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose to one inside, the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door is, to the one who knocks, the door is opened. Which of your father, if your son asks, for a fish, will give him a snake instead. Well, if he asks for an egg, you give him a scorpion. Sometimes the Bible is very interesting. I've never been given a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give what? The Holy Spirit to those who asks him, who ask him. Now what is being said here? It simply says, hey, just ask. God is a good father. God wants us to live in this constant dependence on him. God wants us to live this life being led. So if we're in need of the Holy Spirit, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, that's the next step after. You simply need to ask. You simply need to ask. But actually, the tense used in that passage isn't just present tense. It's something that's continuous present. Yes, the continuous present tense. So it is saying, go on asking. Go on being filled. Go on knocking and it will be given to you. So actually, we're not filled with the Spirit once and it's game over. It's like, oh, we're good. We're going to be guided through life. Everything's going to be good. No, we go on asking and it will be given to us. The best example of this is found in Acts. Acts chapter 2, we all know. They're in the upper room. They get filled with the Holy Spirit, tongues of fire. Then we were just saying Peter goes and preaches. But then comes Acts chapter 4. And it says, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, right? So he's already filled with the Holy Spirit. Said to them, rulers and elders of the people. So here we see he's already filled with the Spirit. But then look at what happens. After they prayed, so he, he does this whole speech to the people. Rulers and the people, you need to do this, this, and that, and that. And then they pray. And after they pray, it says, the place where they met was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God, bold, God boldly. Now, Peter was already speaking boldly. Peter was already proclaiming the good news. Peter was already filled. But then in Acts 4, just after he did all of that, they get filled again and they preach still boldly. We need to go on being filled. It's a relationship with a person. 
Now to make one more distinction, when asking to be filled afresh with the Spirit, we're not asking per se for more of the Spirit because actually God says to us that everything has been given to us. We have the Holy Spirit fully within us, but it's a person. We build in that relationship and what we're actually saying to God is, hey God, enable the Holy Spirit to work more fully through me, in me. I want to make more space for the Spirit to be expressed in me and so when we fill the fresh as well we're not filled for filled sake like we just we're not just sitting there being filled enjoying God's presence Matthew 10 says go go and make disciples so we filled and we release and we filled and we release and we go and release the word of God release the power of the Holy Spirit we pray we lay hands people get healed that is what we are called to do we make disciples Right? We are called to make disciples. And they also, the Holy Spirit wants to help us. See, the only way all those empty chairs are going to get filled is if we all answer that call to make disciples. If we all right now decided, hey, I'm going to find that one person. And by January 2021, that one person is going to be in church saved. And we're going to have that vision and walk with that vision And you know what? The Holy Spirit shows you who that person is. If you ask, Holy Spirit, who's that person around me? Who's the person I know, even remotely, maybe it's the guy co-op on the corner of the street. But you have then a vision because you know, okay, Holy Spirit, that's the one. That's the person you're showing to me, highlighting to me. I'm going to walk with them, disciple them, show them what it is to live with you. And by 2021, they're going to be in church. But see, if we all do that by next January, this church has doubled in size. And discipleship doesn't stop the moment people walk in church because then they have to grow in God and be taken from glory to glory, right? So you keep discipling those, but those people are going to, again, if being discipled, right, because it's what they're saved into, they're going to go, hey, I want to find that person. The Holy Spirit's going to show me that person. And then suddenly you choose another person, but they choosing a person, and then we're not doubling, we're quadrupling, if that's a word. And it's not about numbers, but can you see how many lives are being changed in the process? But each of us need to be led by the Spirit, just like Jesus was led by the Spirit all the time. We need to go on being filled. Now, I don't know if you remember any of this, but we started with a verse in Mark 1 that I haven't mentioned since. And it said, at once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness. And I told you, let's forget about the wilderness for a second. Let's just focus on the Holy Spirit sending him, on Jesus being led, right? And we've covered that. But what about the wilderness? Isn't it so weird that the Spirit is sending Jesus into the wilderness? Because in our minds, the wilderness is quite a negative place to be, right? It's, it has this negative connotation because the wilderness, well, we call to bear fruits. We called for the harvest, all those words. And actually the wilderness, well, there's no fruits in there. There's no green in there. I imagine the wilderness being a gigantic desert with nothing around on the horizon, maybe a scorpion. Um, why is the Spirit sending Jesus into the wilderness? Actually, in Matthew 
another gospel, we get a bit more information. And it says, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So he was led into the wilderness by the spirit, but hey, it's not God doing the tempting. The enemy comes and then tempts him. Okay. That's two different things. And after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter then came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And of course he doesn't. So when we think of the wilderness, we picture this barren land where nothing is happening, no fruits, no harvest. So obviously the wilderness is negative, right? Kev, why are you talking so much about the wilderness? I'd like to suggest to you that the wilderness is all, not all that negative. Because what's going on in that place? There's only Jesus. There's nothing else for 40 days than him, the Holy Spirit, and thus the Father. There's no distraction. Remember how I was saying a bit earlier that the society we live in, the life we live, there's so many distractions all the time, so many voices, everything. Well, the wilderness shuts all of that up. Because suddenly there was no one but Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and us the Father. And so there's this time for 40 days where Jesus is spending time being so intimate with the Father because they they they, there's nothing around. There's no other voice. There's no kids shouting at you. There's no news about the coronavirus. There's just you and Jesus, you and the Holy Spirit because they are one, right? So that is necessary. The wilderness was necessary because Jesus then comes out. Of course, then he's tempted, but he was prepared because being so intimate with the Father and the Holy Spirit in that moment of 40 days, he then was ready for whatever was going to come. He then is released in the town and he's sent. He's being led. He has purpose. So he knows he lays hands on the sick and they get healed. He preaches and people get saved. And then when the disciples say, hey, Jesus, the next day, they're all calling back for you. People are going nuts. They want more. They want more. They want an encore. And Jesus is like, no, encore. We're going to the next town. Because he knows what he's meant to do. He's been spending time with the Holy Spirit, with his GPS. He knows we're not taking that turn. We're not doing a U-turn. We're going the next left. The disciples didn't get it. But that the wilderness enabled Jesus to shut down all distractions, to spend time being intimate. Refocus. Strip everything back. And simply be with the Holy Spirit, or for us simply be with Jesus, simply spend time. And actually, Jesus goes back into the wilderness. In, in Luke uh, 15, it says, but despite Jesus, Luke 5, sorry, verse 15, it says, but despite Jesus' instructions, the report of his power spread even faster, and vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their disease. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Jesus knew we have to find this balance between all the noise and being in the world and all of that's happening, all the distraction, but we have to retrieve. Why does it say just go on when you pray, shut the door, shut the door and just be there? We need the wilderness. We need to be there just with God. We need to rely on God. Know that we need to rely on him. The Israelites went through the wilderness and it's all negative in our minds because yes, they wasted a bit of time in the wilderness, 40 years, but 
There was purpose in them being there. It transformed the way they were. They were led by a cloud, a pillar of clouds by day and a pillar of fire by night. Manna was falling from the skies to feed them. What did that period teach them? Jesus, God, we can rely on you. You provide everything we need. You are never late. You are always there. You are our everything. And the wilderness, sometimes, maybe I'm not saying, hey, go to the next desert. But maybe we need to strip strip our life down a bit or back or whatever the word is. Shut the TV off. Make, make space in one room of your house where there's nothing but a chair or a comfy seat or whatever. And you sit there and simply be and listen and receive and be filled afresh. And know what the Holy Spirit is releasing for that day. Know what he's saying over your kids, over your job, over you need that time. Because we are called to live a life being led. And so often it's very easy for us to take back the lead and say hey I got this I know how this works we've done Sundays before we've done church before we've done prayer meetings we've done life I've done work but what is the Holy Spirit saying just in that moment where does he want to lead you at that point Jesus knew he knew that he constantly needed to get back to that place do you guys want to come and play Um, He constantly needed to get back to that place where it was just him with no distractions so he could be led into his next steps. He would come out of that place knowing what to do and be refreshed. And if Jesus needed to do that, how much do we need to do it? Again, I know I've said this before, but I've I've been ill for the past two days. And so I spent the last two days at home and we don't really have a home. We have more of a room. So I'm stuck in a room and we really just have a bed in the room and a TV. So I'm stuck on my bed with the TV. And, you know, I was watching some TV shows and the rest of my time I would be preparing for this, but I would also be very excited about us moving into a house soon. And so I would be looking up all the furniture that I want to get into the house and like this desk and that table and those sofas and, and, and all of that stuff. And then I found myself trying to spend time with God and, and my thoughts were not going to God. They were filled with spies jumping off airplanes and furniture coming up. You know what I mean? There was all of that consuming everything. And actually, I just needed to say, hey, I just, I just need to reset right now. I just need to park all of that away because all of that doesn't really matter, right? That TV show is not going to bring anything to me. And if I don't have that table, I'm still going to survive, right? But I need Jesus. I need to know what the Holy Spirit is saying to me right now. I need to be filled afresh because we don't want to live on yesterday's bread. We don't want to live on the revelation from last week. We want to hear what God is saying today. We want to be led every step of the way. We don't want to go to the point where the Spirit goes quiet and all we hear is the rumbling of our stomach. We never want to miss a turn. And it's possible not to miss a turn by being constantly dependent on that voice, being led wherever it leads us. And by being led and being filled, we then constantly have this process of receiving and giving away, 
receiving and giving away, receiving and giving away. And slowly but surely, and faster and faster, really, we see the world change. We see our town change. We see the Holy Spirit establishing God's kingdom on this earth. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.